Hi everyone, welcome to the Yukon Internal Medicine Podcast. This is Ola Turshujan, your host and a chief medical resident at the University of Connecticut. A quick disclaimer before we start, all opinions and views expressed in our podcast are entirely the responsibility of the authors and do not represent the opinions of anyone else in the Yukon Department of Medicine. The content presented is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. We're back with this week's episode of Ambulatory Series, and today we will be discussing syncope. More specifically, our goal will be to better understand the underlying ideologies of syncope, its prevalence in general population, and diagnostic approaches. Let's start off by defining syncope. Syncope is a transient loss of consciousness that can be attributed to cerebral hypoperfusion. It is characterized by a rapid onset, brief duration, and spontaneous recovery. It is quite common with nearly 40% of adults experiencing syncope in their lifetime, and up to 25% of individuals having more than one syncopal episode. There is similar lifetime cumulative incidence of syncope in men and women with bimodal peaks at 20 and 80 years. Let's be honest, syncope is one of the more challenging presentations to differentiate. What makes it so tricky to work up? Well, syncope can be a presenting symptom for a variety of different conditions that range in severity and prognosis. Knowing what type of syncope you're dealing with can help expedite workup and facilitate timely intervention. Majority of the cases can be diagnosed by history and physical exam, but some cases will require further confirmatory workup. In general, there are three major categories of syncope cardiac-related syncope, orthostatic hypotension, and reflex syncope, which includes vasovagal, situational, and carotid sinus hypersensitivity. Out of the three categories, vasovagal syncope has the best prognosis, whereas cardiac syncope has the worst. So let's discuss each of these categories in greater detail. Cardiac syncope happens due to market reduction in cardiac output leading to reduced cerebrovascular perfusion. Cardiac output can be decreased in the setting of an arrhythmia, structural heart disease, or pulmonary embolism. Cardiac syncope may or may not be preceded by chest pain, palpitations, or shortness of breath. EKG and cardiac markers may or may not be abnormal as well. So what parts of medical history or history of present illness would clue you towards cardiac syncope as opposed to other etiologies. The American College of Cardiology suggests that patients who are male, older than 60 years, have history of ischemic heart disease, structural heart disease, arrhythmia, reduced EF, have had presyncopal cardiac symptoms such as palpitations, chest pain, shortness of breath, had sudden loss of consciousness without prodrome, syncopized during exertion or when supine, have family history of premature sudden cardiac death, have a known congenital heart disease or an abnormal cardiac exam, should be evaluated for cardiac syncope. Let's now focus on another classic patient presentation. Someone who has had loss of consciousness shortly after sitting up from lying position or standing from sitting or lying position, and have preceding sensation of lightheadedness or blurred vision should be evaluated for orthostatic hypotension. 
Orthostatic hypotension refers to hypoperfusion due to either reduced venous return and volume depletion, such as in GI bleeding, for example, or reduction in systemic vascular resistance or autonomic nervous system dysfunction. Majority of these cases can be diagnosed by history and taking orthostatic vital signs. Finally, let's review reflex syncope. This type of syncope refers to centrally mediated stimulation of the vagus nerve, which results in reduction in heart rate and or systemic vascular resistance. The vagal stimulation sometimes can also trigger headache, sweating, nausea, vomiting, sensation of warmth or cold. Syncope related to vagal stimulation can be further subdivided into vasovagal, situational, and carotid sinus hypersensitivity. Vasovagal syncope results when prolonged sitting or standing causes blood pooling in peripheral venous system. Reduced venous return to the heart is detected by the intracardiac and carotid barrier receptors, which triggers reduced vagal tone and increased sympathetic tone, increasing heart rate and heart contractility of a relatively underfilled ventricle, which leads to cerebral hyperperfusion. Situational syncope, on the other hand, happens with certain triggers, most commonly blood draw, swallowing, micturition, or cough, lead to vagal stimulation and acute drop in blood pressure. Lastly, carotid sinus hypersensitivity happens when external pressure is applied to carotid body, leading to vagal stimulation and acute drop in heart rate and blood pressure. Now that we've discussed the etiologies of syncope, I want to clarify one aspect that frequently causes a lot of confusion. Up to 20% of syncopal episodes can present with convulsions, likely in the setting of poor brain perfusion, and are termed convulsive syncope. It is very important to be able to differentiate convulsive syncope from a seizure. Head turning during convulsions, unusual posturing, urinary incontinence, absence of presyncope, tongue lesions, and post-ictal confusion are all suggestive of seizure rather than convulsive syncope and can help you in differentiating the two. So let's summarize. History and the circumstances of the syncopal event are the key to solving the puzzle. So next time you have a patient who presents with a syncope, make sure to ask, was there a prodrome? If so, was it palpitations, chest pain, or shortness of breath? Did they feel hot or nauseated? Were there any triggers? Were they overheated, dehydrated, or distressed? Did they faint while micturating, defecating, coughing, laughing, or swallowing? Were they sitting, standing, or rising to their feet when the episode happened? Finally, has this happened to them before? We hope this was informative and that you learned something new today. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you in our next episode.